Welcome to the Farm to School podcast, where you will hear stories of how kids' lives have been changed by growing, cooking, and eating local foods in schools. We're your hosts, Rick Sherman and Michelle Markestein. We are Farm to School coordinators for the state of Oregon. In this episode, we're digging deep into Farm to School in a remote, frontier-esque area. Our special guest today is Ricky Lynn Starlipper, the Nutrition Services Director for Umatilla School District. Ricky Lynn, it's so good to have Hello. you here. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's our pleasure. Hey, um, could you to start us out? Tell us about yourself and how you got the start at Umatilla School District. Well, um, I started. I I worked with Umatilla School District with my interim office, actually working for the Intermountain ESD. Okay. Um, so I was stationed at Umatilla. And um, the previous food service director and the superintendent um, encouraged me to apply for the food service director position because he, the previous one, was getting ready to retire. Okay. And did you just, it was like the start of the year and you were thrown in there and how, how, how was your learning curve with that? So they started me in 2013 um, the idea was that I was going to be able to train with the previous food service director as his assistant for a year. Um, and he was headed out the door because his uh, wife was having some significant medical yeah. problems. And he didn't make it a year. So he, I only actually got to train with him for four to five months. I, I remember talking with you on the phone about, like, how do I do this, you know, this, whatever, whatever program we were doing and it, and it can be overwhelming if you get thrown in there. But I mean, look at you now. I mean, uh, you are a shining example of all food service directors in Oregon. So I, I, I appreciate you. Well, thank you. And I'm wondering for our listeners who don't know where you Mantilla or haven't been there, uh, is like, could you paint a picture for us? So Umatilla is about six miles from Hermiston. Um, and it sits in between the Umatilla and the Columbia River where they go together. Um, part, parts of it, it, they call it, sometimes call it the Twin Rivers because both of them are right there. Mm. Um, and then across the, the bridge is Washington. So we're right on the border. The Columbia River is the border for Oregon and Washington, and we're actually right there. And Hermiston, for those of you who don't know, it's in our world, it's world famous for growing what? Watermelons. Uh, and it's about that time of year when they're going to start showing up in all of our stores. But it's the most amazing watermelons ever. And you guys probably serve them until almost October, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So is, uh, again, painting a picture, is it like tropical and lush? <laughs> Are there big skyscrapers? No, it is a very rural. In Umatilla, we have one tiny little grocery store that has been there for as long as I can remember. Um, and any other grocery stores, you have to drive into Hermiston to get to or over to Tri-Cities. Hermiston, even Hermiston only has four grocery stores, five grocery stores. Do they have stores. a stoplight? They do have a stoplight. Okay. <laughs> I have a stoplight in Jefferson where I live. Uh, yes. Uh, Okay, so, doesn't have a stop so you're in northeastern Oregon. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Oregon, we have the Cascade Mountain Range going down the middle of the state. 
and the west side is more green and the east side is high desert. Very it's much very desert. much desert. Mm -hmm. So I always say like the farming over there is you put the shovel in the ground and it goes clank. And you either make your own dirt or you ranch, right? Lots or, of ranching. Or, or a lot of ranching and things mm -hmm. like that. Hay so, fields. Hay fields too. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how many students are there and about how many meals do you serve? Um, so I, uh, we have currently 1,400 students in our district. We have three schools, um, and we are CEP and have been since 2013. So we have a pretty high participation, and most all kids eat. Could you say what CEP stands for? Yeah. And just so for those of you who don't know, yes, community eligible provision. So all kids eat breakfast and lunch and dinner for free. For That's free. amazing. Yes. Wow. And so, and again, just I'm trying to paint a picture of the ruralness. Um, would it be safe to say, and it's been a while since I've been over, it's been a couple years since I've been over there, but I remember like a neighbor's house might be three miles away or, you know, they could be, there's, it's, it's a vast open area right outside of town, right? And, correct. We have, um, we've grown quite a bit in the last couple of years mm. since you have been there. Um, because we have some Amazon buildings that are being put in our outskirts. Oh. And so they're building more housing. Interesting. Um, more people, not more anemones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. Some of the stories that I hear about Eastern Oregon is it's um, how you get your food. Could you tell me, uh, I'm assuming you get, distributors or the big semi-trucks, they're able to come over and, and visit you, but not necessarily um, some of those neighboring towns that I was trying to talk about. Is that right? Sure, correct. Um, although I've run into, um, so I just recently was doing some procurement with um, fresh produce, mm. and um, out of five of the vendors that I contacted, they all stopped shy of me. So when they stop shy of you, what does that mean for you? This so, for instance, one of them was out of Boise, ah. and they stop in Pendleton. They don't come any further on 84. So would they do what they call a dark stop, or would they drop food off and you would have to get it, or you just that wasn't right a. I mean, that yeah. wasn't something they were willing to offer. Right. I mean, if I really, really had to do it, I would definitely, re you know, visit that option. Okay. Um, one of the other ones was out of Portland and they stopped in Hood River and they also didn't go any further that direction. So that that is real world problems. I'm glad as I was a food service director for uh, 20 years in Oregon and I didn't have those problems where I came from. I could pick up the phone and I could get um, either small farms or medium farms or whatever to deliver to me. And, uh, and then, um, but for you, I remember your I remember your journey. You you took the bull by the horns, so to speak, and you were able to change the way farms in your area uh, dealt with that. I like to hold you up as an example of how to get things done. Could you could you share with us your your journey and how you did that? So um, I believe it was about October of 2013 when I received my first farm to school award. Um, which I was super excited about because of the importance of putting the money right back into your own community. And can you share with the listeners what you, you said, a farm to school award. So it's in our state, we have a grant that mm -hmm. enables you to get reimbursed for 
um, organ grown or local, organ grown or processed food. So Correct. That, just, okay. Yep. Thank you. I just just wanted to kind of mention that out there. Okay. So so you were able to get reimbursed for food. Go on. So I was given an award through the Farm to School grant, and um, I really didn't know how to go about spending it. But I was super excited about the idea of Farm to School because it went right back into our community and our local farmers. Um, So I picked up the Yellow Pages because it was long enough ago that that was a requirement. It wasn't as much Google back then. Yeah. Um, Especially farmers. Like, they weren't really out on the web. So um, I started with the Yellow Pages and went through and called every single one of them from Boardman, Irrigan, Hermiston, even as far as Melton Freewater and Walla Walla, Pendleton, looking for anybody that I could purchase um, fresh local produce from. And, and you told me, I remember the story, that some of the biggest farms in the country are out in your area, but they sell to China, and they just didn't sell retail, right? right? That was the answer I was given by almost every one of them I called, was that wow. they don't do retail. And I was just amazed by that because it wasn't... So what made them change? What... What? Well, after keep, I kept you know hitting brick walls, I was like, well, this isn't going to work. So I started going to, um, we have a couple between Umatill and Irrigan, there's a couple fruit stands. And so I went to them, and they didn't have enough pro- product that they were able to supply what I was requesting or sure. what I needed to be able to, f- so that every kid got some of it. Um, so then I was driving home one day, um, to Hermiston, and I drove past a, um, a little stand that was set up at a, a corner in Hermiston, and it was fresh berries. So I pulled in there, and I said, you know, I need to spend this farm-to-school funds, and I really want it to go to a local farmer. Is there any way that you can, you know, sell me berries? And she said, sure, I don't have enough here, but you can follow me to my farm, and we'll load them right up in your car. And I was like, all right. So every week I went out there and I bought berries from that farm. In your pickup truck. In right? Actually, a RAV4. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> um, Even and, better. Yeah, yeah I great. put all the seats down and I couldn't hardly see out the back. Wow. Um, and I loaded them up every week and got the fresh berries to the children. The kids loved them. They kept asking me where they were from because they were so much different. And they absolutely loved them because they were so much sweeter and fresher. And I just continued doing that until I was able to put in the reimbursement for that year's. I'm glad you said the kids noticed the difference. Mm -hmm. I always say, don't bother doing farm to school unless you tell them. But did they find that out on themselves or did you kind of said these are from this farm? They asked before I did put anything out just because I didn't know I was going to find them that week. And I didn't want them to go, you know, bad. So we had them on the salad bar the next day. Um, so that they were that fresh. Um, And then um, after that, I had kids coming up and asking me, and I was like, you know, I really need to put this farm out here. So I made signs next to all the berries and put them on the salad bar so that they knew where those berries were from and that they were from right in Stanfield, Oregon. So they knew it was close. Well, that's good on you because that's an eye-opener for me because I always – figure that kids won't know unless you tell them, but at least they saw it was such a difference probably Mm -hmm. in like between like frozen blueberries you put out there that are shriveled and a brand new fresh one. So, so good for you. That's, that's great. 
And so you went from buying berries from one farm to today. Correct. And what are the kids getting in your district nowadays? So um, I'm working on a melon um, contract right now. Um, And then I had a farmer that just recently quit farming last year. Um, But throughout all of these years, we've had their um, melons and um, we had um, the pickled cucumbers. The kids absolutely love those um, and started eating a lot more cucumbers once we put the baby cucumbers out there because I feel like they just liked the way it looked and that it looked different and it was small. They could hold it in their hand and eat it like an apple. Um, then uh, we have their fresh lettuce, um, all from that same farmer. Um, and then what else? Oh, lemon cucumbers. Um, they She did a special l- lunchbox pepper um, area for just us at the schools. Um, I had some wonderful um, purple potatoes when I was visiting your school a couple years ago. Yeah, we did purple potatoes. Um, That was a lot of fun, and we did them every day. We did them in different. So one day we did mashed potatoes, the next day we did roasted potatoes, just so that the kids got to taste them in all different aspects. Perfect. Um, And so a lot, tons and so it sounds like, yeah, lots of different variety of produce, but also doing it in different forms. Yes. So that maybe it's new to them and novel. Do you do other dairy or meat products? Or I actually just bought meat for the first time this summer. Um, and dairy, no. Um, and I try to keep, like, I never replaced, I only had four farmers that I would use on a regular basis and one producer. Um, and I try to focus all of my farm-to-school funds um, to those five, just to keep it so that it was beneficial to them, but yet they were able to give me the variety that I would like to offer. Yeah, And, and it's important to know, too, I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but those were farmers that didn't sell to schools, and they not only sell to you, but they sell to other school districts now. Correct. Right? Yeah, the, and, uh, the ones berry um, stand that I found back in 2013 that I've buying, been buying from ever since. Now, I believe, sells to approximately 60 different schools wow. throughout Oregon. So that's that, really grown their that entire is a, That's a new market business. for yes. them that yep. they didn't know existed. Right. And they, I remember them saying, and I know who you're talking about. I've mm-hmm. spoken with the owner at a school board association gathering And I remember him saying, you know, um, it just made sense because it felt like the right thing to do to teach kids about food again and to see that their local food wasn't only going to China, but it was going to feed them. So and and for the kids to know where it came from. Oh, nice. And uh, Ricky Lynn, I just want to make one distinction, too. I mentioned dairy and um, you said no local dairy. But so our listeners know that actually like all meals, um, reimbursable meals, particularly for lunch, would have fluid milk in them, and that is local foods, but you're referring to using your um, grant dollars from the state of Oregon. Correct. Dairy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want our listeners to know that there is dairy um, in each in each meal. Yeah, just not through the farm to school program. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm wondering, do you know off the top of your head um, how, like how much uh, percentage of your budget you spend locally on that? Um, like, is it 20%? Is it 10%? Is it so many dollars? And it's okay. I don't even need to put you on the spot here, but. 
Um, in addition to my farm to school funds, sure. is that what you were referring to? Sure, whatever. To? Um, I would say, well, I don't, so when farm to school dollars run out, per se, mm-hmm. um, my spending with the farmers don't change. So I would say that I probably spend at least 10 to 15% of my budget directly to local producers and farmers in addition to farm to school funds. And I know you have like, we're talking about that grant. There's plenty of dollars that you don't claim that you're, you're doing that. And so that's why it's such a wonderful example for me to point you out to other neighboring school districts who are like, Hey, they asked me, they're like, I I can't find local farmers and it's like, you know, they don't know if there's any available in Eastern Oregon. It's like, well, I know some people in Eastern Oregon do a fabulous job and I kind of call Ricky Lynn, you know, (laughs) she'll, she'll help you. But um, there's there's ways we can, we can certainly help them. But I think that's just a really good message that um, there are school districts that, that do an outstanding job like you. So. So you mentioned um, you tell students what they're eating on the lunch line. Do you also tell the parents or other folks in the community what's going on? We have not done very well with marketing. Um, it's something that my program as a whole has been working on in the last year or so. Um, just because we do a lot of great, amazing things, and we don't necessarily take the time to put that out there. We just got recently, last year, got a new communications person in our district, which is amazing. And so I've had her come to all the tastings, um, and she puts them on the website and puts them on Instagram and sends them all home when we do tastings, when we do... um, Last year, we did a tasting with one of our apple farmers, and he came and had four different variety of apples, and the kids got to taste each one of them, and he talked to them about where it came from and how long he's been farming Uh and all of those amazing things. Um, just as an education right in the cafeteria. Um, And that also was on Instagram and Facebook for the parents to see and And a newsletter. Have you had other farmers or producers come into schools? Um, I have, well, besides the berry farmer came and visited our summer feeding location on Friday um, and got to hand out some of our berries while we were there to our families. And I'm wondering... Uh, if there's one thing you could tell parents about the school meal program, because I know it's often talked about different ways in the media and no one's really sure what's going on in school sometimes or it's food maybe an afterthought, what's one thing you'd like parents and families to know about your school program? Um, we work really hard to make sure that it's healthy and nutritious and that the kids are going to actually enjoy it. Um, to everything, to doing surveys, to going to leadership meetings, to talk to the students. Um, Obviously, we can't make everybody love every single menu item, um, but we're working towards doing scratch cooking. Um, And there hasn't been a year, even, I mean, even without farm to school dollars, we always do fresh produce on our salad bar every day. Um, And that, I think, is extremely important for kids to understand. Um, and I also have a lot of um, great um, support with all of the principals and vice principals. I, I didn't mention that when I was talking about administrators. Mm. Um, the communications specialist has been an amazing add to our program, and I plan to do a lot of nutrition education and marketing as far as those things are concerned now that we have that position available. Yeah. Um, we went from 
um, a district office where we all wore so many hats because there was only a few of us to now we're expanding that so that we can do more of those fun, exciting things, um, which I think is great. I always loved it when I was a food service director, when uh, principals, they would invite me to their principal meeting every month mm -hmm. and they would, I would give an update. So they would be in the loop mm -hmm. of everything. And that's always nice to be part of the team. Yes, I was actually at a meeting um, not too long ago, a separate training um, or meeting, and they were very surprised. Some of the other food service directors that were there were very surprised that um, myself and the superintendent and all the principals and administrators meet once a week, mm -hmm. and we always have, um, to keep that line of communication going well and making sure that we're all on the same page and that we can somehow benefit one another whether they have, you know, a, a school or a special group or college coming into the high school that we could maybe do a special menu item for or, you know, just that collaboration. And I, I love that in our district. Mm. Okay. What's one of your favorite things on the menu? Uh, I would have to say haystacks or tamales. What's haystacks? So haystacks is our homemade chili um, that we put over the top of um, tortilla chips um, and then add cheese to the top. Then on the salad bar, we have fresh tomatoes and lettuce and onions and um, sour cream and salsa. And so they could basically make like a taco, um, chili taco. Sounds fantastic. Oh, that sounds really good. Salad. I love the naming too. That's so Eastern Oregon. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say sure. that. You do see haystacks out there. Yes, for sure. And then um, are there school gardens in your district? Yes, actually. Um, we've had one that's been, you know, kind of used okay for about five years. And then somebody will be really interested in it. And um, then they'll kind of just not be yeah. there anymore or lose interest. And it's been something that I've really struggled to have time to keep up on outside of yes. everything else. Um, but I am super excited to say that we just um, finished our, um, our, we just revitalized our entire school garden at McNary. Um, and it and now includes eight beds, mm. um, a, lot, a couple other side little, little potter things too. Um, and my uh, food core person took a master gardener class last year, and she is super excited oh, to nice. get back. And she started back today, um, but she's currently out of the country, but she'll be back in a week. And then we also have all of the items to revitalize the one at our middle school, high school, which will also include six to eight beds. Oh. Um, and um, we finally, I don't know if you remember the story of the um, possessed uh, greenhouse. Oh, the greenhouse. Okay. Yes. The okay. Possessed greenhouse. <laughs> okay. okay. So, <laughs> did you say possessed greenhouse? I did. So, our um, after-school program actually got a grant for this wonderful greenhouse, um, and have had problems getting it constructed for, I want to say, twelve years now. Oh, gee. Uh, <laughs> lost parts. Um, somebody was wow. like signed a contract to do it, and then left the country. I mean, like, just every possible thing that could go wrong with this poor greenhouse has gone wrong. But we actually have it standing and being utilized right now. And that happened last year. Um, it was a company 
that um, volunteered to come and construct our greenhouse if they could use it for an experiment for, um, I don't know the, all the details on it, but it was a camera that they took pictures of the strawberry leaves, and it mm. would tell you all the nutrients in it. Oh, wow. Which okay. is a pretty awesome yeah. thing. So they did their experiment, and now it's ours to, yeah. to utilize. Now, another thing about gardening over there, to, so <laughs> to tell the listeners, what, how hot is it right now in Umatilla? What's the Today is a fairly cool day, and it's only 97. Oh, only 97. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cool day we had overcast today so yeah. it was a lot cooler and actually as we were driving up i was like man yeah. it feels warmer in, in salem so, yeah which is odd but you get triple digits yes. all the time yeah. in the summer mm-hmm. so that's that can that can be an issue yes yeah. and you yeah. mentioned a food core member for our listeners what what is a food core member so um i've actually had one food core member for um a, well a different one for the last five years um, and they come into our school and they do nutrition education. They help me with things that I was solely trying to do by myself before food court, um, as doing a monthly tasting at the elementary school. Um, she's doing waste audits currently once a month as well mm. at the elementary school. And I um, have a second member that actually can do secondary. So um, she's for the district, not necessarily assigned K to five, which is normally what food court does. Okay. And so for our listeners, uh, Food Corps is a national service program under the AmeriCorps family. And so it's a national deployment of boots on the grounds of school gardeners. Yeah, not all yes. states have them, but Oregon is lucky enough. I think we normally have like, I don't know, 13 or 14 of them spread around the state. Mm-hmm. And one thing yeah. you mentioned was um, revitalizing school gardens. We find a lot of times school gardens ebb and flow depending on who's volunteering to take care of it or the availability of a service member. And I'm just curious your thoughts on like, how could that aspect of farm to school be more sustainable? Like, what do you think we really need? Dreaming big. And there's no wrong answer here because we don't know the answer to this. So if you can tell us, great. <laughs> but if not, no, no pressure. Well, um, and it, it may actually, actually already exist and I may not be aware of it, to be honest. Um, I think that the whole farm to school food education as a whole, um, it would be very helpful if we could somehow have funding for a FTE for that position. And meaning what would, would it be the education component or procurement as well? Or both. What's that? I feel like a combination. Um, (coughs) Oregon Department of Education, well, no. Child nutrition funds are very specific as to how they can be spent. Mm. Um, and it's not something I've looked into before, but I feel like a nutrition education um, slash farm to school, keep up the school garden position, even whether it's part-time, full-time, depending on the schools, I feel like that in order for these programs to continue, that needs to happen. That sounds wonderful. Thank you. Rick's giving a thumbs up. I do. Um, What's something about your program we haven't asked you that you'd like us to know about? Um, well, I've kind of spoke to it a little bit and the fact that it's definitely grown. Um, when I first started, I didn't have food core. I didn't, and I was trying as a director to do all these really amazing things. Like I, I taught a nutrition education class in our after school program just so that we had one before I had a food core. Um, 
I did the tastings once a month and those kinds of things, and it just became too much. I mean, so I started reaching out for other options as far as, you know, um, bringing in food course so that they could help me do some of those fun things. And that's where back to that having that position and those funds just specifically for those things um, to use, I think would be really beneficial. And um, I guess I just want to really point out how I feel it's so important. I feel like farm to school is like one of the best programs ever. Um, and I think that it is so important because I grew up in a farming community and um, I love the fact that I can run into the berry farmer at the grocery store. And mm. it's somebody that, you know, um, I know his parents. He, you know, he, um, same, I mean, every one of my farmers, actually, I have literally run into them in, in one, uh, my apple farmer, I ran into at the river fishing, you know, um, because they're right there in our community. Yeah. And I just feel like that I love the pride in being able to um, put that nutritious fruit and vegetables and produce and on the table for the children for and that they're, it's coming from their neighbors and that we're putting the money right back into the community. Mm. That is that is so awesome. And uh, yeah, I live in a farming community too and I don't mind getting stuck behind combines for cuz it's it's like that's how we eat. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's true. Yeah. yeah. So what advice would you tell fellow food service directors in other rural areas? Well, I would tell them to check out the Oregon Harvest for Schools directory, one, and to collaborate with other directors in certain circumstances like that. Because chances are, like, I have, um, for, I have a producer that is in the Portland area um, that qualifies for farm to school because it is actually processed here in Oregon. Um, and there is a really small rural town past me about two hours and they're not able to get deliveries. So I collaborate with that producer. She delivers that product for that other school. I hold it till that school can come and pick it up. Saves that producer having to go that extra two hours. Um, and I have the space to hold it for that school so that they're able to put that farm to school product on their menu. Oh, thank you for stepping it up and for your fellow food service director. I, that's really awesome. Well, and it sounds like you wear a lot of hats and you juggle a lot of things and do a lot of problem solving. I'm wondering what motivates you? What keeps you going? I think it's just really my personality. I would <laughs> I mean, second honestly, that. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I just, um, I love what I do. I love to see the kids with a smile on their face. I love to see the collaboration with the farm farmers. Um, I ran into a situation the other day that I really wanted to do local berries, and like my delivery was a week away. And I was like, I texted the farmer, and I said, hey, all I need is one box of berries. Is there any way I can meet you somewhere to get it? I said, hey, go, go help yourself. I went and got the box of berries and was able to let the school board um, have that for their dinner that night oh, yeah. and try the local produce. I mean, I went a little bit of a step, but he trusted that I, you know, he 
he trusted me and I, I, he was fine with me going out to his cold storage. I sent him a picture of what I took. Oh, I thought you went out and picked them yourself no, in this farm. No, cold storage. Okay. I, I mean, I would have done that too, yeah. but, <laughs> um, but just having that relationship mm. and having those relationships and the collaboration is, is really important to me. Okay. All right. Well, we'd like to thank you so much for coming here. Yeah, and we'd like to thank everyone listening for tuning in today. And thank you, Ricky Lynn, so much for the impactful work you do every day. You really help our children thrive and our farmers prosper. Thank you. The Farm to School podcast was written, directed, and produced by Rick Sherman and Michelle Markiston and was made possible by a grant from the United States Department of Agriculture. The content and ideas presented in this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Oregon State University, the Oregon Department of Education, or the United States Department of Agriculture. The USDA, Oregon Department of Education, and Oregon State University are equal employment opportunity employers. Want to learn more about Farm to School? Check out other episodes and find show notes and much more at rootopia.com. That's R-O-O-T-O-P-I-A.com. Or do you have an idea for a future episode of the Farm to School podcast? Just send us an email at info at rotopia.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll Bye. see you next time. Bye. Say goodbye, Ricky. Thanks, Ricky. Bye. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> Bye.